Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mark's podcast brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network in conjunction with the Belly Up Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy and cat dad, Troy. And with me as always, he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, the main event collector and the ice train to my Scott Norton. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? I'd rather be MI smooth, but I'll take it. Oh, man. Uh, you know, fire nice, man. Come on. Dude, I was up. Uh, I think I was like... 12 when they were a team i kind of like that was one of those teams i just loved i don't know why wait yeah. really yeah i was like 12 years old keep in mind yeah but i just I, I mean i i get i get that but at the same time it's like i didn't think anybody had any opinion of these guys at all good bad or indifferent they were just like they're on the card <laughs> they lasted uh, for like five weeks until scott norton joined the nwo <laughs> yeah uh, if you guys haven't figured out yet, we are talking about WCW Fall Brawl 1996 today. Can I just that... start by saying I forgot how great this event was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. This is the, what, third, or no, this is the second event after the creation of the NWO, correct? Because yeah. Hogwild before this. Yeah. So this was yeah, War that was, Games. That was an epic one, too. <laughs> All right, well, dude, we got to go back and review Hog Wild, man. It's the only one in history. It is. And it's, uh, well, it was a show. It was a hog kind of a pay-per-view. Good Lord. Hey, man, you had everything. You had, you had motorcycles. You had no paid attendance. You had racism. I Like, what else did you ask for on a show? Uh, I, I don't know. Going off of all that, drugs and sodomy, I don't know. Hey, what? Hey. Who said they didn't have that? Okay, I, don't, no. I don't know, and I don't want to know. They were in Sturgis. So, I mean, <laughs> they could have... Look, I, full disclosure, I've never been to Sturgis. Uh, I'm not a biker. I don't ever plan on going to Sturgis, but... Uh, they you... probably have fun with your little ass over there. Good lord. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into uh, Fall Brawl 96 today. It really was, I mean, not to spoil anything, but it was a good show, which means, uh, you know, we're... We're trying to stick with mostly good stuff. This is a palate cleanser after our bonus. Well, actually, no, last week was a palate cleanser, but we're going to continue on with the the uh, yeah. streak. I, I had someone message me and say, dude, you know, this the ECW show you did, you know, it wasn't bad, right? I think people are starting to get the idea that we only do bad shows on purpose. Yeah, I mean, we've done a lot of great shows, if you go through the archives. I think they're more, it was just the stigma of ECW, I think, but either way. Hey, uh, if you guys go back and listen, we didn't crap on it. I mean, yeah, no, there no, were no, that, that was their point. And I think he said, he's like, you did a good ECW show. He goes, I think he was like, you only do bad ones, I thought. Oh, apparently, <laughs> oh we only. Apparently, we've gotten the reputation of we do only ironically bad shows. 
Uh, you know, I'm going to piss some people off here, but sorry, most of ECW is bad. So it's right. all our only option. This right. one just happened to be like the one night where whoever booked it wasn't doing acid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that show was really good. We'd go back and listen to our review. Um, we, you know, we didn't crap all over it. It was it was a really good show. Maybe the best ECW show ever. Definitely the best I've I, ever seen. I don't think there's no maybe in there. I don't see. I can't say definitively because I don't know their catalog. Well, so I wouldn't it. crap on it unless I've seen it all. I've seen it all. This was the best one, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for that one. So uh, go back and listen if you want to hear us not ironically go crap on a new CW watch. show. Do. Got time. Right. And I've and I've seen, I mean, people on our YouTube channel. I had one guy, uh, you know, one of our ECW reviews, it was for Born to be Wired. And he was, like, kind of pissed off. And he's like, why the F are you guys even reviewing this show? And I'm like, uh, because it's funny? I don't know. So he because was uh, we were trying to cover all the companies from yeah retro days. I know, like uh, so, uh, so. I want to point something out real quick too. Someone's like, "Why don't you ever do any AEW shows?" Because that is two years old. But the point of this show is retro, right? So now I, I think the exception we made for All In because it is retro, is in it wasn't even a company at the time. Yeah. So and, we still was, technically haven't covered AEW when you really think about it. Right. And it was 2018, so three years ago. So mm-hmm. maybe may, maybe in a few years we'll cover, you know, the very first Double or Nothing. But you know, that's down the road. I don't want to jump on it now because, like you said, retro. And there's plenty to cover and some good stuff. Also, like real this. quick, if you want to watch, if you want to hear AEW, there's a million podcasts out there. Okay, I appreciate yep. people saying it about us, but we do retro. Right. Yeah, uh, and and from all sides, by the way, you can hear a Jim Cornette crap on it, or you can hear, uh, you know, I don't know, any number of guys out there putting it over. So there you go. But either way, uh, we'll get into this one from 25 years ago. It's the 25-year anniversary, man. It's crazy to think about that it's been so long. Before we get into our first break and then head into the news and notes, I do want to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your officially licensed sports gear from your favorite leagues, teams, and players at Fanatics.com. Link down in the podcast description. Let them know that the main event, Marks, and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Also, we've got some exciting news to announce as our new sponsor is Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics. They are made and shipped in the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. I also want to say that if you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you. Please like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review. We appreciate all of that, no matter what platform you're listening on. And if you are listening on the podcast feed, we would uh, ask that maybe you listen to us live as well. We play live every Wednesday. That's our debut of our brand-new episode on Unhinged Radio. You can check us out at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We play at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday on the Unhinged Radio Network. And we also have replays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays. That's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. When we come back, we're going to 
let you know about all the goings on from the news and notes from this time. But real quick before we do that, uh, Greg, did you realize, you know, because we joined the Belly Up Sports Network uh, along with Unhinged, which we are still a part of. But you know what we can do now, man? We can treat our balls. Well, I mean, you say that as if I don't already. <laughs> right. Well, because we can go back to using Manscaped. If you use the promo code BellyUpFantasy, you get 20% off your order at Manscaped.com. So go check that out. Treat your balls. 20% off, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hey, they've got good products. Even if you don't need a razor, they've got other great products for, uh, you know, pre and post shave and all that good stuff too. So go check them out. Who doesn't want 20% off, man? That's a that's a good chunk of change. But the promo code is belly up fantasy. Use that when you check out. Well that sounds kinky. <laughs> wow. But when we come back from this break, we're gonna dive into all the news and notes. There's plenty to talk about news and notes this time from September of nineteen ninety six. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, and we are back. We're back. We're about to get into the news and notes, but before we do that, we want to let you know that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high-quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeats moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D to save yourself 10% at checkout. News and notes time. September, uh, mid-September of 1996, 25 years ago, the uh, top story. Let me guess. There's a rumor Bret Hart's on his way to WCW. Uh, not at this time, no. But, uh, that is, that's, that's funny though. That was always a rumor. <laughs> well, this is like the hot bed time because he's coming back in two months. WWE, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
but no, this top story, man. Whew. Um, the WWF is claiming that Razor Ramon and Diesel were returning to the company in a desperate attempt to get ratings and generate calls to their 900 number. <sighs> okay, I got to point out, not to jump ahead to the end, but they didn't lie. They never lied. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> they didn't. Look, it's like, we didn't technically lie. We never said it was the original. Like, good Lord. You ever said Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, dude? That's your fault. Yeah. That's like that's like somebody saying, it's like, hey, Spider-Man's coming to the, to the uh, you know, the show or something like that. It's like, or, uh, you know, if you like you're having a, an event. It's like, oh, I got Spider-Man booked. And then, like, uh, uh, who, who's the, the the one from The Amazing Spider-Man? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, if he shows up. It's like, what? It's like, hey, he was Spider-Man. Or, uh, or, or no, the better the better comparison would be, uh, like, if Neil Patrick Harris showed up. It's like, oh, wow. what the frick? It's like, hey, he voiced Spider-Man on Ultimate Spider-Man. You show some damn respect, all right? Like, I didn't I'd, I'd want to meet him over anybody anyway, so. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be like, I love your work in Harold and Kumar. <laughs> that was his career resurgence True yeah story. right you said it yeah I, I believe it I'd be like can you sign this autograph as Doogie Hauser MD <laughs> uh, but anyway this led to a record number of calls to the WWF hotline and speculation on a WWF AOL forum but it didn't translate to ratings at all anyway the initial idea was just to get people to uh, talking and hope that it translates to ratings but there is a plan to possibly be bring in Razor and Diesel impersonators, although almost everyone in WWF thinks it would be a huge mistake and that they should just drop the angle. But there's been talks of bringing in Rick Bogner to portray Razor Ramon and for Glenn Jacobs, formerly Isaac Yankum, to portray Diesel. That did happen. For both. Unfortunately. Uh, nobody's bragging. Yeah. Uh, thank God... Uh, Glenn Jacobs went on to have a much better career as Kane, uh, less, yeah, about a year from now. And then, uh, Rick Bogner, <laughs> he was in ECW for like a heartbeat doing a Razor Ramon impression, and his name was Slice and Dice Ramirez. That sounds like trash. Uh, yeah, sounds like. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, RIP to Rick Bogner. He's passed away, but like, it's sad that he's just known as, hey, weren't you the fake razor? I'm like, yes, leave me the F alone. I sell houses now. <sighs> Good well, Lord. I made him some money. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, JR still talks about this angle in glowing terms. <laughs> so now we know who booked that crap. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, he well, he complained about that. He was like, they saddled me with this garbage. They tried to make me a heel. He's like, this sucked. <laughs> Uh, the whole and, thing and, sucks. And the thing was, like, they were trying to make JR a heel, and nobody would boo him. Like, he was cheered the whole time. Whatever. I guess uh, it's true what Conrad says, that people really do, do love red-ass JR. Purple Tide. <laughs> wow. Now, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall knew nothing of the angle and found out about it while working at WCW House Show that night. Uh, this took place, by the way, this announcement took place on a special like Friday Night Raw. So, was that the one where it's like, uh, Friday, like Raw Friday Night Raw or something? No, or was that, that was Thursday. Thursday, okay. That was the night uh, Sean lost his smile, I believe. Oh, no. Tell me and a lie. Raw, and The Rock won his first title. I think all that happened on one time, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, don't, no, Sean, tell me a lie. Say that you won't go. 
Do you remember that stupid music? Like, good lord. Um, anyway, anybody that gets that, <laughs> right? Uh, there's no loophole in their contract, by the way, for Paul and Nash that would allow them to leave WCW, nor would they have any talks of them returning. WCW can't really respond publicly to this because of the lawsuit, and WCW is avoiding even in indirectly referencing Hall and Nash as Razor or Diesel. Of course, Hall and Nash have both always claimed that Bischoff panicked due to the to the storyline and gave them both a big raise so that they wouldn't go back to the WWF, but given how locked into their contracts they were, I can't fathom Bischoff would be that stupid. I think People still it. believe that. I know. I think he said it himself. He was like, just on the face of it, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I panic? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they could show back up in WWF, and then, oh, yeah, hell, like be, three years. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, well, they, they, they could have went and got sued into oblivion by Turner, you know, uh, the Turner Network or whatever the hell. So I didn't think they really wanted to do that. And plus, they just started the hottest angle in all of wrestling. So why the hell would they want to leave? Here's one. Speaking of Scott Hall, the great Sasuke, uh, Scott Steiner, and Scott Hall were all scheduled to work an upcoming New Japan Pro Wrestling Tour, but all three canceled. Sasuke is dealing with a fractured skull, and Scott Nort or excuse me, Scott Steiner has a hip injury, so that's why they're out. As for Scott Hall, the terms of his WCW contract allow him to book his own dates in Japan, something he asked Vince to let him do before he was he left the WWF, and Vince said no. But WCW has their own deal with New Japan, and they booked Hall for the tour, but Hall was unable, or excuse me, was able to refuse because of his contract. He has the ability to negotiate his own Japan deals and didn't want to work the tour where WCW is going to get a cut of his money. Marcus Bagwell will replace Scott Hall on the shows. Oh, that's a hell of an upgrade. Hell yeah, man. You go from the bad guy to the guy with the stuff. Okay, you missed a good one there. You should have said the bad guy to the buff guy. Oh, man, there you go. Got it in there. So, I just I don't even, like, understand the logic here. Like, we're going to book you, even though you can tell us no, but we're going to do it anyway. And then he I turns assume around. they just thought maybe he might say yes. Yeah. Maybe he might be a nice guy and actually follow through with his obligations. Oh, wait a minute, this is you Scott the Hall guy, to talk about. The guy who ran out on the company and made him famous for more money? Yeah, maybe he'll be nice. Yeah, right. Well, clearly, before he cares about crap, I would totally take a payoff too. I'm just pointing out he didn't. Call him. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Well, you mean to tell me that they underestimated his love for money? Oh man, this just seems like obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, staying with uh, comings and goings here, Sean Waltman, aka the One Two Three Kid, finally got his release from the WWF this week and is expected to start with WCW either at the Fall Brawl pay-per-view or Nitro next week. Spoiler, it was Nitro the next night. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> you remember the good old days of no 90-day, no complete, no non-compete clauses? Well, yeah, they were still reeling from 1995, I assume. I don't want to get into their financials because I don't know them. I'm not like idiots who think they know everything. But I'm going to assume they couldn't afford to pay somebody for 90 days and not be on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. I don't think people yeah. understand how those work. That means they're still getting a check for 90 days to not go anywhere. You can't tell someone they can't work legally. But if you're paying them... <laughs> right. Like, when I was in radio um, and I was released from my job, uh, my last job that I had, they, they 
gave me a large severance package. And one of the stipulations was, as long as we're paying you the severance package, you cannot work for another radio company. If you go to work for another radio company, then we're going to stop paying you. So, I mean, they didn't have any, like, legal action. They just cut off payment. So I was like, I'll sit at home and collect money. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, I'm uh, just going to assume they couldn't have, they didn't have the money to give them 90 days worth of pay to do nothing. So I was like, just go. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I, when did they have, do you remember when that became a thing? Was it after WCW shut down? I, I don't know, but I don't remember any big names ever not being on one company for more than 90 days if they left. So I'm going to assume yes after they shut down. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know why it took just, that long to kick in, but uh, maybe they didn't care that they're at the end. They're like, sure, also could be up a, on Nitro. It also could be a thing because they're public now. That's yeah. a guess. I don't know. Well, they went public and like, according to Pritchard and Ross, they went public in like the late 90s at some point. I thought I it was February 2000. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, yeah, I'm maybe sure you're it was right. February 2000. I don't okay. know why that's the that's the month that popped in my head, but I feel like I remember that. Uh, October, okay, October nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, something happened in February two thousand. I maybe that was their IPO. That could have been uh, it might be. Yeah, okay, that's probably what it was. Yeah, because they became a publicly traded company October nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, at our initial public offering, we sold uh, eleven million five hundred thousand shares of Class A common stock for the price of seventeen dollars per share. I wish, I wish I could have bought in back then, man. Uh, Ric Flair's WCW contract expires in November, and he's making it known that he's still unhappy uh, with how things are going, particularly <laughs> with the horsemen being made to look like the NWO's uh, whipping boys every week. Uh, lots of other mid-card WCW wrestlers I'm, are... Well, I'm, just laughing because we, I'm just laughing because we know how this is going to go. He's going to resign. It's going to be an even bigger thing in less than a year. <laughs> I want to say the only time uh, Ric Flair didn't whine and moan and complain about his con his contractual status with a company was probably right after WCW shut down and when, like when he was started with the WWF, like from there until like I don't know when he left WWE. Like I didn't hear I didn't hear anything publicly about him whining and moaning, but maybe that was because he was smart enough to know where the hell else am I going to go at this time. Yep. So I don't know because. Throughout, I feel like throughout the entire like late 80s, all through the end of WCW, all he did was whine and moan and complain about every place he worked. I mean, it was the only two places technically, but like, dang, dude, are you just like perpetually pissed? He means he got to support his booze habit. <laughs> right. Hey, I got three ex-wives to feed. Woo! Oh, yeah, that is a lot of alimony, too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the alimony phony, man. Uh, but lots of I other thought w that name belongs to Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, he's the other one. Okay. <laughs> but lots of other mid-card WCW wrestlers are unhappy for similar reasons, saying that with Hogan basically running the company, no one else is allowed to get over unless they're part of his inner circle. But Hogan is signed with WCW through 1998, so that won't be changing anytime soon. Also, another spoiler, everyone's about to shut their mouths in a couple of probably days. They see the record profits. <laughs> I'm going to assume. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like everybody whined and moaned about that forever, too. Like, well, Hogan's always holding this down. It's like, Hogan's also the draw. Like, god dang. I mean, okay, there is something to be said for the, you know, and even Eric Bischoff admitted they could have done a better job with building up 
younger uh, younger stars to take over as main eventers. However, Hogan was still drawing the house. Like, a lot of houses. So, like, damn, dude, why... Like, when Cena was drawing houses, why pack that away and say, well, we gotta try something new? Because <laughs> everyone thinks they can. Yeah. I, I've, I've always hated, let's try something new just to try something new. Like, no, if what you're doing is working, leave it be. Quit effing with it. I don't know. But, 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 but. Yeah. Uh, rant over, I guess. I didn't know about this. Uh, speaking of Hogan, he had a major scare last week when he was jet skiing with his six-year-old son, Nick, being pulled behind on an inner tube. There was an accident where Nick ended up hitting the pilings. I, I don't know what pilings are. Uh, and was injured. He suffered a concussion, needing stitches in his head, and injured his arm. Wow, I never heard that either. Yeah, they did say that it could have been way worse, so he got lucky. Do you know what that means? Like, it said he hit the pilings. Do you, like, do you know what they're talking about? Hit the pilings? Yeah, I was like, was that a typo? Did they mean something? I can't figure out what the hell they even mean. Oh, okay. They're the, um... Uh... They're like the big wood stakes you see that they put, like, um, the pier boards on. Oh, man, damn. Yeah, so apparently he hit one of them and effed himself up. Damn, yeah, that would effing hurt. You're getting pulled behind, like, on a jet ski. All right, anyway. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when... Back to it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when Hogan and the Giant destroyed the announcers set in an unplanned bit, they ended up causing an estimated $40,000 in damage. Also, <laughs> I remember this. Uh, how? How do you cause forty grand uh, in damage? Let me see. The, it was probably a lot of the monitors, I'm going to assume, because that table was just a table. They ripped off the signs and stuff and spit on it. Oh, man. I'm going to assume yeah. it was monitors and stuff. Monitors and signage, yeah, I'm sure those cost quite a bit. I'd have to go back and watch the segment to see exactly what the hell they destroyed. Uh, also... Someone screwed the pooch on the time management front because the show ended nine minutes early, which kept the episode from setting a record's rating. Wow. Kind of odd what will happen in two years. <laughs> yeah. Halloween Havoc looked like, what the hell? What was with this company timing issues, man? Like, damn. Like, hey, hey, people have the nerve to crap on Kevin Dunn. I'm just saying. There you go. Yeah. I go. will say, uh, on an off note, we got we haven't got a chance to talk about anything SummerSlam related since we came back uh, on the podcast. Um, I pointed it out to a couple of people. They agreed with me. I don't know if they got a new director. Obviously, you were there in person, so you wouldn't have known. The camera work all night sucked because they kept cutting to cameras that were panning or clearly getting set into position. I'm like, why the hell would you cut to that? And it was like, you could tell, like, the director was like, oh, crap. He kept switching back. I'm like, all right, for as much crap as people talk about Kevin Dunn, he would never do it multiple times in a night, especially on a SummerSlam. So this had to have been a new guy. Maybe he was sick. Yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah, maybe he was sick and, his, you know, he kept falling asleep at the controls. His Bucky Beaver teeth kept hitting the wrong button. I don't know. Good no? job. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, and here's the story of the night, man. Uh, Jacques Rougeau and Carl Houlet debuted on Nitro as a team called the Amazing French Canadians. I remember this. Oh, yeah. I watched it, and I'm like, they're still a thing, and they're here now? Did you give a damn? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> they're here now? 
Uh, yeah, like, you're like, you're like they signed them. Like for me, that's the Quebecers. I'm like, oh, they're here now. Okay. Right. Well, WCW gave no hints that they were ever champions in WWF or that they had that they were major stars in Canada. Would you? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they simply brought them out as jobbers to get beat by the nasty boys. <laughs> uh, it was Rougeau's first match since his WWF retirement match two years ago. Boule has gained a ton of weight and looked awful and was more agile than you'd think by looking at him. Gene Okerlund slipped up by calling them the Rougeau brothers. They really slip up. I mean, they are. Uh, is, wait, isn't Carl Boule like the cousin or I don't know if he's a relation but wasn't that the explanation that he was like the Rougeau cousin or some crap? That's right. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Ray Rougeau. Never mind. You're right. Yeah. I think he... Well, I'm not I tired he, either. I just missed that one. Wow. <laughs> if I remember correctly, at this very moment here, uh, Raymond is doing commentary for WWE, right? In 96? Yes. French commentary. And I think he might be doing one of the weekend wrap-up shows, like Live Wire action ah. something. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I knew he was doing French commentary there for a while. Uh, speaking of WWF names, Bobby Heenan accidentally referred to Mang as Haku, leading Bischoff. I remember this. Yes. Dude. <laughs> I, I feel like he did this multiple times. Uh, you're about to say Bischoff to correct it, correct? Uh, well, Bischoff gave an elaborate on-air apology, saying that Haku was his WWF name and that he's in no way associated with the WWF. My favorite part is this happens like an hour later this doesn't happen like right now like right away as it happens it happens like an hour later wow uh, oh the apology yes it's not in a moment so it's like someone caught is like oh crap we better fix this so yeah right on this <laughs> you gotta you gotta imagine like well the lawyers were the lawyers had to have been like watching the show one of them just like sees it's like son of a bitch i can hear and me he give it like, already it's already like licking his chops yeah he he's got like a speed dial he's like Tell Bischoff to apologize. Tell him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, I passed it off as, like, Bobby Heenan was his manager, so that's, he totally called him. So it's like, right. BF, BFD, you know, seriously? A... To this day, he's still referred to as King Haku, which yep. is weird, but whatever. He must have bought the name. Or the or the, the trademark just expired. I mean, I don't imagine that's something that's they true. keep. And WWF usually, like, you know, keeps a hawk eye on that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, maybe that one they just let lapse. Maybe that's why he's King Haku, because that trademark, he was like, whatever, close enough. That's right. This is a, you'll have to tell me, you might have seen a uh, shout out to Brian Zane uh, with uh, Wrestling with Regret. Hell yeah. I still want the T-shirt. But uh, you'll have to tell me if you saw his video talking about this. The American Wrestling Federation is buying syndication in most of the major TV markets in the U.S., which will give it the excuse me, it will give it more syndicated TV than any promotion other than WCW. Uh, this pretty much makes AWF a nationally airing promotion, and uh, word is that they are spending four million dollars per year for it. The show is called AWF Warriors of Wrestling, and the latest tapings feature guys like the Road Warriors, Sergeant Slaughter, Tito Santana, Greg Valentine, etc. It has turned out to be a last gasp of the promotion. They were founded in 1994, and apparently through every penny that they had at this big national push, it didn't work, and they ended up folding just a few months later. How do you fold when you have that lineup of people? Yeah, I know, in right? 1996, by the way. Right. <laughs> it's like... Man, that sounds like a badass roster. 
back in 1986. <laughs> Good lord. I don't remember this, though, actually. I really don't, so. This was one uh, they put over emphasis on, well, we're sticking to the rules of wrestling. There are rules. We have an, an official rule book with this promotion. And then, like, people would talk about there being rules in wrestling again, like, in their promos and crap. And Brian Zane mocked it, and uh, he was like, man, that's what I want in my wrestling. He's like, uh, I can't remember the, the things he said, but he was like, uh, chaos, mayhem, rules. <laughs> it's like, I, hell I yeah. Just, I laughed at that because I'm like, you want rules, and yet this thing fails, so clearly your rules don't work. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was, bruh. man, what was it with, like, the mid-90s? And just these crap-ass, like, nobody-gives-a-damn promotions cropping up with, like, all the old guys getting one last run. Uh, I don't know, but it's funny because when you really think about it, there's not even a Monday Night War at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, because Raw isn't live yet. And, well, I think it might be live every two or three weeks at this point. But it's, at least it's, once it's, a uh, month. And it's only one hour uh, at this point. Actually, so. actually, it's probably at least live once a month because of after a pay per view. That's it. Oh yeah, right. And then, uh, and, and and like I said, it's only one hour still at this point. Right. So yeah. It's not even like a huge thing. That would change here really soon, but <sighs> this is just a funny story you threw in there. When you say really soon, you may be like only a week or two away. I don't know. I don't remember specifically, but I, I feel like going in. I feel like going in in ninety. I feel like going in in ninety seven. It was already two hours, so. Uh, February 3rd, 1997 was the first two-hour Raw. Was that the the night they debuted the Titantron and they opened to Marilyn Manson's Beautiful People? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I don't know for sure. I don't see any details about that. That would be the night that, Vin, that Brett shoved Vince on his ass in the cage, I believe. Right. I think that might uh, have happened late. I don't remember, actually, no. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's around that era. It's in the two-hour era, so I know that. Right. Well, it said uh, Raw went to a two-hour format to compete with the extra hour on Nitro, which had been expanded to two hours in the summer of 96. And by March 10th, it was renamed Raw is More. It was also during that was, the time. That, that was the one I was just talking about. Oh, the Maryland. Raw's War okay. is th that night. Yeah, they debuted the Tron. They had the cage match. And Brett shoves Vince on his ass and says the word BS. You know, not <laughs> I remember that. On live TV. So, yeah, that was that. I remember that one. Okay, yeah. That was funny. That was the sprinklings of the Attitude Era starting. Mm, yeah, that's true. Uh, but anyway, in all Japan, uh, who was trying to be legitimate, uh, Stan Hansen had... <laughs> right. Uh, Stan Hansen was, had what will probably be his last great match against Kenta Kobashi. Most people figure that at 47, uh, Hansen's time as a great worker has long passed. But that match had stole the show, and Dave has heard that it's a four-and-a-half-star match. However... After he watched it, he gave it four and a quarter stars. Holy shit. <laughs> I, so, I, this is real. First of all, his quarter system is stupid. <laughs> he let don't alone, say. Let alone he's got to shave a quarter off of a half. Yep. Did he say why? Nope. I just... Oh he's like, I, I heard, hey, I heard from some very reliable sources that watched this match that it is around four and a half stars. You know, but upon further review, I say four and a quarter. If I may have another volley, sir. <laughs> How about I shave off a quarter of a star? God's sake. It's in Japan. Stan Hansen and uh, Kenta Kobashi figured he'd give it seven. 
There's still no word. Speaking, I just did my Paul Heyman impression. There's still no word on ECW's plans to run a pay-per-view. Their biggest show of the year is November to Remember, taking place on November 16th. That definitely won't be on pay-per-view because the cable companies need a good four months in advance uh, of advance notice on a pay-per-view date to properly market it, and ECW hasn't even started the ball rolling yet, so don't expect ECW to get on pay-per-view this year. They won't until April of next year. What was that show? Living Dangerously? Uh, was it Barely Legal was the first one? I think it was. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, screw me, I don't remember the name. Gosh. Pretty sure it's barely barely legal. Yeah, that's, that that sounds great. We'll we'll just go with that one. <laughs> sounds right. Uh, Undertaker is out with a staph infection in his arm, stemming from a cut that he received during the Boiler Room Brawl match last month in, with Mankind. Of uh, the second part of the story blows my mind. Of all people, Bill Watts was brought in to work angles at house shows to make up for the lack of Undertaker ending with Mankind beating him up after Watts threatened Paul Bearer. What? You said Bill, not yes. Eric. Right, Cowboy Bill Watts. I didn't even know he was an active wrestler at this point. He, well, it said to work angles, so... Oh, okay. Well, I guess, yeah. I think he was, this is during the time he was the was, consultant or whatever the hell he was. Pat Patterson busy? Yeah. Well, you could probably under... I mean, in his defense, you could probably understand what Bill Watts was saying a lot easier than, than Pat Patterson. And so, who was he replacing? The freaking Undertaker. Yep. Yeah. Well, make sure I heard that. Right. Hey, folks, just to let you know, uh, the Undertaker couldn't be here this evening, but it's okay. He's got Bill Watts. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay. Like Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma. I like that's clever. What? the hell? I'm trying to give you credit. Just shut up and take it. If the show took place in Oklahoma, okay, maybe I might say that's... Oh, there's still no. No. I mean, yeah, still no, but at least it's like, maybe. But, uh, god dang. By the way, the thing with The Undertaker, apparently they sewed him his his elbow up like too tight, and it still had infection in it, and it burst in the locker room. Uh, I think he almost died. So, people then, don't know. And a couple of months later, he'd be repelling from the Raptors at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> right. Where he almost died. No, I'm kidding. He didn't. But. Uh, I just point that out because, like, wow, the guy just had arm surgery and now he's got to do something where it requires a lot of use of his arms. Yeah, right. Well, they said, uh, I, I think Bruce, Bruce Pritchard said they had to, like, hook him up some tubes to. You know, and all that to kind of get the toxins out of his body. So, like, damn. Speaking yeah, of the taker. Like two years in a row because he had his whole freaking face broken a year prior to this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. By, wasn't it by Yoko? I think it was Mabel. They were, yeah. both, they were both attacking him that night. So I don't know which one of them hurt him. Yeah, I think. I don't know. The the story goes back and forth. Some people say it was Yoko. Some people say it was. Yeah, well, because uh, you go back Mabel. and watch it. They were both beating him up. So, I mean, I don't I don't know exactly where it is. Right. Well, speaking of the Taker, WWF is uh, advertising something called Buried a Buried Alive match for next month's pay-per-view. The plan is for there to be a cemetery set with an open grave, and the match ends when someone is thrown into it and buried. Now, that, that sounds happened. so terrible, but, like, it wasn't that bad. I know. When, when you look at it on paper, you're like, what the frick are you talking about? We're literally going to bury him alive and he's gone forever, bro? <laughs> 
That was probably his idea. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, now in the archives, Buried Alive, 1996. Go check it out. We reviewed that last show. October. It was. It was better than uh, better than I thought it would be. So uh, it, it is funny, though, that every time they have one of these, they always underestimate like how long it's going to take to bury somebody. So they have to bring out like half the damn roster. Remember when uh, Kane wrestled Undertaker at Star Series? They used the uh, the truck of dirt. <laughs> yeah, the backhoe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like thank God they finally figured it out. Uh, I mean, did yeah. they? Because then they had like didn't they have like the Nexus come out and bury Undertaker too one time? It took forever. God, yeah. And then they never did anything with that. He never came back for revenge. Like, was that the Vince McMahon one? Or no, that was the yeah, that was Kane, that was Kane, I believe. Yeah, okay. I, I'm getting him confused. He's been buried alive like three or four times. But all charges have been dropped against the servicemen who attacked Shawn Michaels in Syracuse last year. There's no word on why, but the case is over. Maybe he started it? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. You you remember that, right? You got the. Uh, I do, yeah. You you sang his song for, because of that at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yep. It all comes around. Yep. Uh, hey, everything's connected, man. We got continuity on the show. Uh, well, here's this one. Uh, WWF is hopeful that Brian Pillman will return to wrestle again by November, and they expect Ahmed Johnson back from his kidney problems in December. Uh, uh, let me see. Yeah, I think all that happens. Well, I don't know about yeah. Pillman wrestling, though, but I'll make him back. Uh, Pillman does wrestle. I don't know if it's in November, but he does come back to wrestle for a while um, before he's, yeah, you know, very seldom, though. Right. I, 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 well, I remember he wrestled against uh, Goldust because he won Marlena as, like, his... Uh, yeah, that literally happens, like, that happens, like, almost a year from this point. Right, yeah, I, I remember that uh, because they dropped the storyline because he died. <laughs> So he was literally supposed to wrestle Goldust at Bad Blood, and it just obviously couldn't happen. Uh, These two, uh, it's funny to see these names. Uh, Tom Pritchard has been training Mark Henry and Dwayne Johnson, who's going by Flex Cavana down in the USWA, along with a couple of other new signees. Mark Henry's already uh, scheduled to debut at the next pay-per-view against Jerry Lawler. Word is that Dwayne Johnson is the most advanced in the class due to his athletic background and having already worked in some uh, some in the USWA. I wonder how that would work out. Yeah, who the hell is Flex Cavana? <laughs> like freaking turd. We'll never hear from him again. And Mark Henry, <laughs> loser. He's not even in WWE now. Neither is Flex Cavana. Speaking of that, just side note, they need to keep him off of commentary. <laughs> Mark Henry? Yeah. See, I didn't pay any attention to commentary, like, and then I thought about it afterwards. I was like, I didn't even pay any attention whatsoever to their comments, which might not be a good thing. I don't know. Uh, speaking of that, however, there is lots of negative uh, heat on new WWF signee Mark Henry on multiple fronts. Henry has been getting lukewarm responses at house shows, and backstage there are several wrestlers upset over the fact that he got a 10-year guaranteed contract despite having never wrestled and that WWF sponsored him during during his Olympic training. There's also been reports of him not getting along with people backstage. It's not that Henry has a bad attitude or anything, but with so many people already resenting him, he's had some dust-ups with people. I'm almost yeah. certain that would all change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Bruce Pritchard's uh, admitted, and I think uh, Jim Ross did too, that yeah, he didn't get along with a lot of people. Um, and after a while, he got pretty high-strung because... 
uh, I mean, they said, first of all, he was looking at it like, I mean, he had a sports background, so he was thinking this was going to be like a sports locker room, and it's not. And then they also said that, I mean, yeah, people were resentful of him and kind of crappy towards him, so he got pretty defensive after a while, which I, I can't really blame the guy. And if you believe rumors, somebody literally took a crap in his sandwich one time. Because you I don't know, think right, I would do that. Yeah, right. I feel like that Fuck. man, like he's built like a damn bowl. He might rip you in half. Yeah, right. I didn't Big Show make some some comment about that during his Hall of Fame speech? I don't remember. He said, he said something about like he had a camera or whatever, or somebody had a camera, and he saw Mark Henry take that camera and like disintegrate it in his hands. <laughs> And uh, he said, and Big Show said something to him about. He was like, "Never, ever grab me like you just did that camera, or I will punch you." <laughs> wow. Yeah, because <laughs> that's pretty bad when when the Big Show is afraid of what you could do to him. Uh, on I'm that almost same, certain that man could rip a freaking tree trunk in half. Well, those those uh, you remember that segment he used to do like on a weekly basis there for like a month in uh, EC. WWE CW where he was like folding up frying pans. Yeah, and tipping over trucks and Yeah. Well according to Pritchard in half. Yeah. Well according to Pritchard, they did not gimmick those frying pans. And he said like he was like Mark Henry purposely told them, Do not gimmick these frying pans. I will know if you had if you did, and I will be mad. I feel like I knew that because when he was done doing it, he threw it in the ground, you can hear it distinctly hit. Like Right. Like hot damn. Like that's um that's a scary dude, man. But on uh, on that same note, by the way, another guy who will never go on to do anything and was a total flop, uh, Kurt Angle, the amateur wrestler who won a gold medal in the Olympics this past summer, was at the WWF offices meeting with Vince McMahon last week, and they even acknowledged the meeting on TV. They also had interest in Matt Gaffari, who won a silver medal at the same Olympics. Well, was this pre or after the Sandman got uh, crucified? This was before it because he had this meeting with the WWF. He said he he dropped the line on him about it. he's like, well, I I can never lose because you know I mean I'm I'm a I'm a gold medalist. You can't have me lose. And they're like, well then uh, you know offer rescinded. And then he went on to he was he couldn't get uh, get into anywhere else. He ended up showing up at ECW because they invited him. And that's when it happened. So yeah, uh, he's a good Catholic too. Yes, he's a he's a good little Catholic boy from Pittsburgh. So he was very offended, we'll just say. And I think he didn't he threaten to sue them if they put his face on TV. That's yeah, his own words. He said he told me he wants his check. Spoiler: check probably bounced. Anyway, he wants to check. Yeah, right. Better not ever be on TV, or he's gonna sue them. Yeah, right. Apparently, yeah, he, he did not know about that showing up to the building. Now, to be fair, apparently nobody knew about that happening. Yeah, right. My favorite line was, uh, or, or my my favorite lines about that was when, because uh, like, it was, wasn't it? Uh, Stevie Richards and Blue Meanie were helping that, like, yeah, helping and, do that. They both, okay. and they were both Catholic too. Yeah, um, and and Richard said he looked over at Meanie and was like, Meanie, this is effed up, man. Like, what are we doing? And and Meanie was like, I don't know, dude. And then, uh, uh, I guess Taz approached Raven and he was like, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, you and Paulie are Jewish. He's like, uh, why, why don't, why don't you string him up on a Jewish star then, huh? And he was like, well, cause if we did, then he'd roll away. Da -da 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 -da. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, mother of God. That's offensive. Literally. 
<laughs> right. Or in this case, should I say Oive? Right. <laughs> yeah, remember, and this was greenlit. Yep. Uh, yeah, Paul Heyman, Raven maintains to this day, Paul knew about it the whole time, and then after it blew up in his face, Paul was like, I had no idea, sir. I forgot Raven's Jewish too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, his, uh, I think his dad was... Damn, what religion you are? How does this not offensive to everybody? Yeah, right. Uh, like, dude, be a can you... Buddhist for all I care. This is offensive as hell. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you were... The Undertaker with this symbol, I mean, that was his own symbol. You know, it's right. a lot different. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. This was, this was nuts, man. Uh, like, they literally nothing. had a... Fucks. Wow. Okay, you gotta... Got a David Spade reference in there this week. That's a new one. All right, last story here. You'll know about this. We made reference to one of these shows earlier. Uh, WWF's Saturday morning show, Mania, is getting a format change. It will become a live show with interactive phone calls, faxes, and emails, as well as wrestlers in the studio responding. That later became Livewire. First of all, I just said they're responding to faxes. That's funny in and of itself. What the hell is that? <laughs> right. Uh, Vince McMahon also still wants to do a late-night ECW-style show on Saturday nights, live from New York. It's Saturday night! Uh, but the idea oh. of... Well, come on. It was right there. Uh, but the idea of doing it on a weekly pay-per-view has been dropped. Supposedly they were, like... There was a rumor that they were trying to get picked up by HBO or something like that with this. Uh, but anyway, uh, that would later become Shotgun Saturday night. I honestly had never seen an episode of Shotgun Saturday Night. It never aired over here. I never seen it. Just be, I, I've seen clips. Uh, I have too. But didn't it take place in uh, Grand Central Station, or am I thinking uh, of... the first one? Yeah, because okay. when we went there, remember we took pictures of the um, of the escalator that Triple H got tombstone on. Remember? It, was that Shotgun Saturday Night, or was that a Raw? That was Shotgun Saturday Night. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I remember uh, they said Pritchard said the idea was like very small intimate dark venues make it look gritty and it's going to be more like uncensored and stuff like that however they were going live so like mcmahon was like well we can't say and do certain things and whatever this is where we get the line the the terry funk line because he said terry was out first in the first match and he, and he was going to cut a promo and he said and i told him it's like terry keep it clean we're on live tv i don't care if it's late saturday night you know we'll get dinged by the sponsors and he's like sure thing pritchard and he goes out there and he grabs a mic. First thing he says, your mother's a whore. <laughs> and he said Vince McMahon just glared at him like, you son of a. That's OK. I'm sure he didn't get that mad at Terry. I mean, he, he was still mourning his sick horse. Yeah, well, yeah, daily. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Vinny, I got to go home. My horse is sick. But anyway, that's the end of that. Uh, you think we should get into the pay-per-view now? We should try. Yeah, we can attempt to. All right. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're actually diving into the event at hand. It's Fall Brawl 1996, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks, and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. 
We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. Now we're back. Time to get into this one. The date, September 15th, 1996. We are talking about Fall Brawl 1996. Was this one? It's it's Fall Brawl featuring War Games. You need to say that because they hammer that home every time they said it. (laughs) That and Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Yeah, right. They had the weirdest, like, well, it's kind of like, oh, what the hell? What was the tagline for Roadblock that one year? Because uh, uh, it was, it was oh, like, end, of the, end of the line. Yeah, because they were like at roadblock, end of the line. And I'm like, son of a, like, just say roadblock. Like, no, no we like, got to say yeah, the whole thing. That was a WCW wrestling. Wow. Uh, my favorite, and my other favorite was at the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. <laughs> they had to say the whole thing. They couldn't just say at Great Balls of Fire. No, no, no. no. You had to say at the Great Balls of Fire pay per view if there was any doubt about what the F you were talking about. Anyway, uh, was it was it '97 where they just called it Fall Brawl War Games, or was it this one as well? I, I... they've always called it Fall Brawl featuring War Games. Okay, I just I I don't know. I thought they 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 were weird with their names with it. But the tagline for this one was "Want to play with the big boys in a cage?" Like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know, especially because they put like a, like three dots after each one. Like, no, like like you're making it sound weird. <laughs> the venue, <laughs> the the venue was Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum, who in Winston Salem, North Carolina. God, dang man, like what? Why is that the name of your venue? Change it. I don't know, but I'm not trying to be funny. Okay, I don't. I'm just gonna say it. One, there used to be a venue in Tennessee called the Gaylord Entertainment Center, and it took (laughs) 
it got a lot of jokes from people, so. You don't say. Yeah. You mean your name is Gaylord Fokker? Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are uh, okay. you? No, I'm not. <laughs> we got to get multiple movie references in in one podcast, okay? It's got to happen. Oh, hell still, yeah. Trying to get, I'm still trying to get that uh, Waterboy reference in there or uh, Happy Gilmore. It's coming one of them days. But this was uh, total. They're a 14,407-seat uh, multi-purpose arena. So they drew 11,300. So it wasn't quite a sellout unless they purposely tarped off part of the arena. So maybe it was. But the buy rate was 0.65, which only amounted to 230,000 buys. I feel like they went way up from that from here on out. Uh, I think 97 was a big one. You know, this show, I think, was probably the best fall brawl ever. Personal yeah, opinion, but... Did we review... Uh, was it... I know last year we reviewed 95 as a bonus. That one was... Friggin' bonus. <laughs> that one wasn't very good. I'm not, like... Not crap on our own stuff here, but it... Like, it I thought... all first-round picks, all right? Yeah, right? Uh, the... I will say this. I had fun recording the podcast. I thought that was awesome. The show itself, eh. But in the opening of this show, we see that NWO has been running roughshod on the WCW without much real pushback from anyone. Finally, we see that Sting has allegedly turned his back on WCW and joined the New World Order. I remember watching that moment when he attacked, when, quote, quote Sting attacks Luger in the parking lot. And did, have him throwing a fit. Did it break <laughs> your little heart? He did. You're like, oh, man, it, like... Because nobody uh, can watch, man. Like, that's him. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, dude. They they really went all out because you couldn't even tell unless you, like, looked right at his face. Oh, yeah. At that time, Jeff Farmer looked damn near identical to Steve Borden. So, I good for him that somebody was, like, looking. And they had to be, he, he had to have been, like, standing next to Steve Borden in the back, and they're just, like, looking back and forth, and they're like, hey. Light bulb. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, kind of like, I guess, uh, I think it was Junkyard Dog. Uh, was the one that told Arn Anderson for the first time. He's like, or he, I think he told Ol or Gene uh, Gene or Oli, one of them. He was like, yeah, it was Oli. Said, uh, hey, hey, this kid looks just like him. You should uh, give him the last name Anderson. He can be your cousin or something. <laughs> and well, boom, yeah, right. Marty Lundy becomes Arn Anderson, and in my opinion, the most famous Anderson. Uh, I mean, is that Mr. Really? Anderson. Oh well, of course, Anderson. Well, the opening match here was Diamond Dallas Page taking on Chavo Guerrero Jr., which, you know, we established multiple times in the past. You were, you were a huge fan of. <laughs> oh, yeah. DDP? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Uh, and sorry, I just never got Chavo. I'm sorry. Loved Eddie. Never got Chavo. Oh, no, but you loved Cur Kerwin White. Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, let me we clarify, I did not. Yeah, that's yeah. the <laughs> Uh, we talked about him last week on the podcast. Go check that out. Uh, but this match went about 13 minutes. In the end, Chavo counters a diamond cutter in, into an attempted backslide pin. DDP, DDP counters that. It's the diamond cutter and wins. I gave this one three stars, but I just never once believed that Chavo was going to win. And you could tell that this match wasn't meaningful. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it an even three. It, it was a damn good match. What say you? I find it funny you said you knew for a fact that Chavo wasn't going to win. 
was like, I looked at this too the same way. I'm like, he's not going to win this. So I only gave it two. I don't, if you can just tell someone's going to win it, or to me, it takes away from it. It does. I, I couldn't get and, on board with this match. I'm like, oh, God, this is just filler. <laughs> and even though I have Peacock and I can fast forward it, I literally like, oh, this is going to be not that good. So I let it run while I went to the kitchen and made my lunch and then came back. <laughs> well, it actually was a really good opener. Uh, yeah, it wasn't bad, so, but just. I mean, it wasn't on the level of, uh, you know, Johnny be bad, but, you know, that's. I don't know why you say it's sarcastic. I know. We've established in the past he actually did put on some damn good matches and openers. Uh, but uh, we now get a special report with Mean Gene Okerlund on the Outsiders coming to WCW, the formation of the NWO, and what they've been doing so far, which is pretty much, uh, well, beating the hell out of every single person on the roster. Oh, and they lawn darted uh, poor little Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> there was that. Uh, all right, this next match. I know. I already know what you're going to say about this one. It's Scott uh, Black. Hell yes. That's what I'm going to say. Asses and seats, man. That is literally Scott. on my notes. I'm not joking. It says asses and seats. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, Scott Flash Norton versus I Ice Train. I can't take a screenshot. Post this proof. I have asses and seats as my notes. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's Scott Flash Norton versus Ice Train with Teddy Long as his manager. I was today years old when I knew Teddy Long was in WCW at this time. And yeah, by the you, way, you manage him and Jim Powers and oh man. Couple of jobs. That's a motley crew of hell effing yes. Put my name on the marquee. By the way, speaking of him, real quick, anybody who watches AEW, swear to God, that guy in 2.0 is like trying to look like Jim Powers. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the tan dude with the yeah. ponytail. I okay. thought he I thought he looked like um, if uh, Matt Jackson put on a little bit of weight and went tanning. I can see that too. <laughs> Uh, I loved how he marked out Sting that one week. <laughs> so stupid, but funny. And then he just ate crap afterwards. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's not just Scott Norton versus Ice Train, by the way. No, 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 no. This is a submission match, and it went s- about seven minutes. Okay. I know what you're going to say. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you the floor. <laughs> oh, no, where is it? Here it is. All right, let me just play this clip. This is my exact thoughts on this match. All right, ready? Yep. These two behemoths and a submission match. Because when I think of Ice Train, I think of a fucking submission match. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I've had that in my phone for like a year and a half. I'm not even joking. And I was like, I finally get to use it in a funny way. (laughs) Shout out to Conrad Thompson on that one, man. Holy crap. That was on that was on Bischoff's, right? Yeah. Okay. Credit to eighty three weeks with Eric what? Bischoff. What the Ice Train? I think it was submission. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Why wouldn't you? God damn it! Look at him. <laughs> oh, but anyway, getting to this actual match. God dang it! Uh, in the end, why? We're having so much more fun doing this besides talking about this crappy match. I know. Go ahead. I guess we have to. By the way, I thought I always thought Teddy Long was like a hundred pounds soaking wet with a brick in his pocket, but. Like, he's kind of swelled up here, right? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. He, he loses a lot of weight when he goes to become a referee, you can tell. Yeah, because if you go back to his first run as a manager, like uh, with Doom, he's like, uh, he's really skinny, then he swells up here. I, I mean, and he's not what I would consider even fat, but considering what you would look to see him as, like, normally, right. this, is, I, this is large for him. I I don't, yeah, I just, I think he was just overweight. I don't think he was, like, sick or anything, which is good. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. But he gets up on the apron. Norton pulls him in the ring. Ice Train sneaks up behind Norton and locks him in a full Nelson. They drop face first to the mat, and Norton taps out. This was fairly boring. Fairly? Yeah. Very boring. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. Say you. One whole star. I gave it a star and a half because, god dang it, they tried. It sucked, but they tried. Did they? Kinda. I don't know. I can't believe they had Norton lose, man. That might hurt his drawing power over in Japan. Hey, you joke, but man, he's like a god over there, dude. He is, to this day. (laughs) Him and Bob Stapp, man. I don't think I like, you know, I don't disrespect this. Japanese fans have some really unique loves. You don't say. (laughs) There's a famous entrance Bob Sapp, really? (laughs) They also love Akibono. So there's that's that. A, well, but he is a he is like a top guy in their sport, though. To be fair, so that's excusable. But yeah, but they made him like the the son, like the illegitimate son of of Great Muda at one point. Oh. Not joking. Uh, this next match, however, I think made up for that last one we just had to sit through. Uh, you don't say. Yeah, right. <laughs> this one is Conan with Jimmy Hart. Yeah, he's still part of the Dungeon of Doom. God dang it. And he's dressed like a cholo. I am Dungeon of Doom, Bato. Real line. (laughs) Real line. And at this point, he's dressed like a cholo. Like, god dang, man. I never got it because the Dungeon of Doom was supposed to be like, for lack of a better word, like freaks. Freaks, monsters, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, like, we got a giant, a yeti, a shark, and uh, a guy from East L.A. Who's Cuban, who dresses (laughs) like... A stereotypical Mexican. He's all over the damn app. I don't care. <laughs> in his defense, he spent a lot of time in Mexico, so I can excuse yeah. that. But yeah. But anyway, Conan is defending what they call the Mexican heavyweight title against Juventud Guerrera. This one went just because shy Juventude's of 14 a heavyweight. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> the Mexican heavyweight title, by the way, I don't know why they called it that. Um, maybe they were going through a split with AAA at this point, because this is what they're talking about is the AAA Mega Heavyweight Championship, which is what um, uh, Kenny Omega has at this point. That was kind of oxymoronic to me. Yeah. Mega well, you, heavyweight you know, <laughs> well, what I uh, what I think is funny, he calls it the uh, the AAA Omega Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> like, like, ah, yeah, it's like, ah, clever. Uh, I like it. I, I find it funny, by the way, that both Conan and Juventud have been on AEW TV uh, this year. Time recording this. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movie still looks well, good. Conan is moving at like the speed of snail. Yeah, he's he's moving at half the speed of snail. And uh, yeah, it just he's had a lot of injuries, so I can excuse it. Uh, that's it's sad though. However, I will say, first note I had during Juventud's uh, entrance, he's he's uh, talking to the camera and he walks backwards and trips over the steel steps. And they announced he's completely no sell it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, dude, like, he busted his ass. They fade the camera away so quick, too. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, yeah, they did. I was like, oh my gosh. They were like, get it off, get it off him. <laughs> uh, look, this was a great match. I'm not going to undersell it here. However, this sets up for what we're going to see from Juventud in most of his matches. Yes. 
Uh, WCW yet again screws up on their Chirons as they spell Conan's name K-O-N-A-N. They're missing an N. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I, they're always doing something with their damn Chirons. It's like, can none of you spell? Like, ooh, so close. Anyway, uh, Conan doesn't even have the title that he's defending with him. So, the frick. And I'm assuming he left it in Mexico. I don't know. Or he left it in the back of a limo at a steak shop and someone stole it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I went into a, a, what was it, Logan's? Yep. Or, uh, I went into a Logan's to get a good steak and, uh, God dang it, where's my belt? <laughs> I was going to make the, the obvious joke of, uh, well, he left it in Mexico for safekeeping. Not touching that? <laughs> Uh, but this was a great lucha match. However, Hooventude sure did botch a lot. Uh, in the end, Conan hits a splash mountain off the second rope for the pinfall win. That seemed to be a popular ending for cruiserweight matches in WCW. Don't know why, but, I mean, it was a cool move. Uncle Dave gave it three and three-quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What do you say? I really love this match. I gave it three. Yeah, it was really good. I uh, forgot how just how damn good Conan was in his prime, too, by the way. I know he was like he was really good here. I was like, man, he really could go. So I mean, I didn't start really paying attention to Conan until he was starting his like his downward slide, where it's like he focused mostly on his uh, character work rather than his in-ring work. He's like, ah, eh, whatever. I come out and say arriba la raza, and then you know hit the or lock in the tequila sunrise, and that's all she wrote, folks. You know what you paid for with Conan. Anyway, yep. next. <laughs> uh, these these next few matches are actually all really good. Uh, this next one is Chris Jericho versus Chris Van Bleep. <laughs> oh, kidding. my God, you said that. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Chris Ben Watts. A battle of the Chris's. It went about 14 and a half minutes. This one is hard-hitting and awesome. They just beat the piss out of each other. Benoit wins with a back suplex off the top rope. Uncle Dave gave it four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? Jeez, four? I mean, it was good, but four? I know. Hot uh, damn. Three. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, like I said, they beat the piss out of each other. Jericho's still doing the, the come on, baby, like smiling baby face stuff, coming out to Pearl Jam and all that. So. Well, yeah, but not on Peacock. Well, yeah, of course. No. <laughs> what was the song? He Was it Even Flow? Yeah. Okay. No, wait, was it? I think yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, even flow by Pearl Jam. Uh, but anyway, uh, up next, we get Rey Mysterio Jr. He's defending the WCW Cruiserweight title against Super Calo. This one went uh, almost 16 minutes. Bobby Heenan beat me to it by calling him Super Calo Fragilista Expialidocious. <laughs> I always laugh my ass off about that because like, I, I've thought of that so many times. I'm like, how has nobody said it? But there you go. Bobby said it. Of course he did. I, by the way, what the hell was his gimmick? Because he just looked like a DJ uh, or something. He, I was like, the, the, the mask and that – was it a fedora? Yeah, he wore like a backwards yeah. – like uh, not a fedora. I what the hell is that? Um, like the, the, the rider cap, whatever. Yeah. Either yeah. way, I don't get it. I don't know. He wore that, and he and like the mask was like silver with like sunglasses on it, and then he he wore something that looks like the public enemy would have wore. Hell if I I think he was like supposed to be like some hip DJ hip hop guy. I don't freaking know. 
But anyway, uh, this was another great Lucha match. In the end, Ray springboards from one ring to another and hits the Hurricane Rana for a pin, or into a pin. It, this would become the West Coast pop in WWE. Uncle Dave, yet again, gave it four stars. I gave it three and a half. I really like this match. What say you? Ew, I gotta agree with Uncle Dave, it's four. But I, yeah. yeah, I loved it. Probably my favorite, like, wrestling-wise favorite match of the night. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'd say that, for sure. Uh, because before this, we hadn't hit, you know, anything of quite this good yet. And coming up, we're not, so... The thing is, when I saw Super Callow, I haven't, I don't have much reference on him. So I, when he came out, I just knew that, you know, not much was ever really done with him. So I was like, eh, I didn't expect anything. But damn, man. And I realized it's Rey Mysterio, but they tore it up. Oh, yeah. This and, is prime, prime Rey Mysterio. Yep. And he'd only been in the company like four months. What is it? September, uh, August. He started in June. July, so July, August. Yeah, so four. Four, yeah. This is his Three, third full month, I think. Yeah, so... There you go, man. We reviewed his debut, by the way, down in the archives. Yeah, with Great American Bash, correct? Yep. Yep, 96. That was our second ever podcast. Go back and check it out. I still think it was one of our better show. I mean, it was an amazing show, period, but I think it was one of our better podcasts we've ever done. Very fun. But up next, something not quite as fun. It is the Harlem Heat of Booker Ray... Booker Ray... Booker, Booker Ray. Booker Ray and Stevie T. Uh, Booker hey, T Stevie T Ray. was a real name of a move. Oh, yeah, that's right. God. <laughs> but with them, they have Sister Sherry and Colonel Robert Parker, who's been dyeing his hair, I see. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to say this. This is not the first time Colonel Robert Parker's managed these two. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But uh, they are defending... The WCW World Tag Team titles against the Nasty Boys of Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. This one went about 15 and a half minutes. Parker and Sherry, by the way, I don't know what the hell's going on here, because Parker is dressed like he always frickin' dresses. He's the colonel. And Sherry's dressed like she's about ready to go to Hog Wild. Yeah. And they're getting ready to be married. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yeah, this crap, like, came, like, this bled over from 95, people. 95! And people yeah. said they didn't have long-term ideas. <laughs> yeah, this is one of them that I was really like, man, I hope they follow through with Sherry and Parker. Anyway, uh, they both get involved by the referee's back, of course. In the end, Colonel Parker distracts the ref while Sherry takes Parker's cane and breaks it over the head of Brian Nobbs so that Booker T can pin him. Who the hell decided to let this match go for 15 and a half minutes? Uh, <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What do you say? Give it the deuce. Uh, like, uh, three and a half? It wasn't that bad, though. But... No, I no. It, it, in no world did this suck. However... Three and a half stars. I, I, yeah. just, well, all right. Whatever. I just, I, this is Harlem. This is peak Harlem Heat, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Yep. 95, 96, 97. Uh, I mean, yeah, they were just hot as hell. Always, but. Pun intended. 
The Nasty Boys, I can't believe forgot about this, too. I don't know. They tried to join the NWO and didn't get in. Remember? Do you remember that? Oh, you remember no. That? Yeah, they come out with the shirts on and everything, and then oh, get the Lord. hell beat out of them. It's kind of hilarious. First of all, that's Hogan's boy with knobs. So how did that not happen? Second I don't of know. all. But also at Hog Wild, they didn't let Brutus the F and Barber in, so. Well, he that would change. He eventually would. You know, but... He just had to agree to, you know, literally make his name. Uh, it, like, his name basically said, I'm Hulk Hogan's bitch. <laughs> yeah. His name is a disciple. Like, <laughs> good Lord. But, can man, can you... Uh, and the second thing about that, why would you not allow the nasty boys in your faction? That can only be ups for you. Uh, was Vincent here? I don't think it's not at this well, point. Well, okay, well, they need someone to carry the bags. So yeah. Like if Vincent was there, be like, well, that's why, because they have someone to carry the bags. <laughs> maybe Brian, maybe they didn't let, let him in because they were afraid, you know, Brian Knobs would be too busy taking pictures of his own butthole to be able to help him out. I don't know. Wow. What the hell? <laughs> anyway, Mike Tanay's backstage with the Macho Man Randy Savage to remind him that he has to shift the balance of power away from the New World Order tonight. Savage is wearing a pretty sweet-looking Monday Nitro outfit, by the way. He goes nuts and yells about the giant Hulk Hogan. I didn't write any details down. You know, same old, same old. Uh, Tanay reminds Savage not to overlook his task tonight, to look ahead to his, his uh, title shot at Halloween Havoc. Opportunity. Savage God dang it, pal. It's championship opportunity. Nobody says title shot. Damn it. Uh, but, wow. Sa- <laughs> but Savage says that he's ready for tonight, and he gets all psyched up. There you go. So, Halloween Havoc 96 was Hogan and Savage? Yep. Hogan comes out wearing that stupid uh, spiked hair thing, Jig. <laughs> oh, God. It, did we? I don't think we reviewed that Halloween Havoc. Man, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. It would have been last October. So let me let me see. No, we did Havoc uh, 89 in 94. Yeah, so nope. We'll have to look at it one of these days uh, and take a look at that sweet, sweet wig that uh, the Hulkster's rocking. Anyway, up next, we get the Macho Man, Randy Savage, taking on the Giants. This one went just shy of eight minutes. Uh, this was fairly boring at times, but not total crap. Macho Man ended up body slamming the giant to a huge pop. Then he hits a flying elbow drop. Just then, Hollywood Hogan comes out from the back. Savage chases him onto the stage, where the outsiders jump him with a chair. Referee Nick Patrick is preoccupied with the giant and completely ignoring the attack. The NWO drags... Well, we would find out later, no, he wasn't ignoring it. Yeah, well, I mean, right. he was, but on purpose. Right. Uh, the NWO drags Savage to the ring so that the Giant can pin him for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it one. I never got into this, honestly. I, I feel like Savage did some good stuff. Uh, the, I mean, the crowd hit the freaking roof when he body slammed the Giant, so that was cool. Other than that, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't much to it. I was like, why aren't these two in the War Games match? That's what baffled me. Right. Yeah, it was a little weird. I don't know. Especially when you see that the, well, one of the guys on each team is the same guy. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get into that here in a minute. 
but well, since we're going into the main uh, event, also, also they would be involved too, by the way. So yeah, right. <laughs> well, but yeah, I just I just pieced it together too. Hogan and the NWA they got involved here. These two would get involved in the next match. <laughs> it just seems like a huge waste of time to me to even have this match right here. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we got a good savage even, match somehow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't understand their logic. I mean, if there, if there is logic to it. But anyway, uh, we're gonna take uh, our second to last break here, and when we come back, we're gonna dive into the main event and wrap the show up of Fall Brawl 1996. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. And you know what time it is, Greg? Okay. Tebow time? Uh, no. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, most def most definitely time for Woe Games. Which, That's, uh, I, if anyone ever gets really bored, there's a video on YouTube. Someone made a, uh, they looped it for like <laughs> 10 minutes straight of him saying, of Regal saying War Games. It's yep, so every, stupid, but so damn funny. <laughs> yep, I loved it. Yeah, because he's like, how many years in a row did he get to yell that? And then, like, then uh, when they added the women's match, he got to say it twice. Yep. <laughs> there's only one way to solve this. Woe Games! Like, as if nobody saw that coming. It's like, oh, there's a big brawl heading into November. I what, a, Whatever shall a, they do? There's a big brawl. Eight people are involved. Jeez, I wonder where they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, well, War Games, uh, who could have saw that coming? <laughs> they, not like we name our pay-per-view that. I, gosh. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were at War Games. Ni- uh, 19, or 19, gosh, 20, uh, 2019. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, damn good show, by the Cameron way. Cameron Owens returns to NXT, and that was like, when people talk about the Rosemont Horizon 
That's what I'm always going to call it, by the way. I'm like, I don't even know what it's called. But um, yeah. people talk about that place being like the loudest building. You know, we saw it firsthand. Right. Kevin Owens came out, dude. My ears popped. From the- Hell yeah, <laughs> man. Yep. Uh, I lost my voice that night. Uh, by the way, for the record, I think it's the the Allstate Arena. Is that it? I think it is Allstate, yeah. Okay. Anyway, before this match, uh, backstage, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Lex Luger are with Woman and Elizabeth, standing by with Mike Tanay. I didn't catch this at first, but apparently Rick kept calling Mike Tanay Gene. That's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever, muscle memory, I guess. Uh, but Flair and Arn both say that Sting or no Sting, they're winning tonight. Sting finally walks in, and everyone gets angry, looking like they're about to fight him. Sting says that it wasn't him on Nitro attacking Luger. Luger says that he looked him right in the face, and he knows it was him, and he doesn't believe Sting. Sting says, so be it, and walks off in anger. Oh, man. This was uh, planting the seeds of something epic, man. But all right. Next up, it's the main event. It's the New World Order team of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hollywood Hogan, and Sting. They have uh, Ted DiBiase in their corner. They're taking on Team WCW, which is Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Lex Luger, and yes, Sting. It is War Games. It went 18 War minutes, games. 15 seconds. Uh, that'll never not be funny. The match starts with Scott Hall and Arn Anderson. Kevin Nash comes in next. Lex Luger enters after that. Hollywood Hogan is next in and instantly gets jumped, but is helped by the Outsiders to fight back. Ric Flair enters third for his team and invites Hogan to meet him in a ring one-on-one. They have a one-on-one brawl for a while before everyone gets involved. Dude, Nash jackknifes Luger at one point, and Luger's feet hit the ceiling. That was scary. Looks like uh, uh, Brian Pillman and Sid back in the day. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I know. But And this because he picks him up, his feet hit the ceiling, and you can tell like Nash is just such a effing man he just like (laughs) he just hoists him up and drops him properly Uh, unlike what he did to the giant later on (laughs) but anyway uh once the timer counts down to zero for team wcw or i'm I'm sorry first sting enters for the nwo but once the timer counts down to zero little fanfare by the way guys things coming up guys it's sting oh no he's joined (laughs) okay yeah, like, what the frick? But when the timer counts down to zero, I, like, did did he, it looked like they did the timer twice, or or was I seeing things? No, they definitely did it twice. Okay. I was like, so it counted down to zero, nobody came out, and then they did the timer again, and the real Sting hauls ass to the ring. He comes in, and he goes face-to-face with Imposter Sting, showing that he was telling the truth all along. My God. He clears house uh, before looking at everyone and then leaving. Luger pleads with Not Sting. Not before telling him to stick it up there. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Uh, sit on it and spin. Luger pleads with Sting and he, as he takes off, ignoring everyone. In the end, Luger is made to submit when Hogan locks in a front face lock whilst the fake Sting has him in a scorpion death lock. Uncle Dave only gave it a star and three quarters. I give it two and a half for a, you know, I mean, it's war games. I thought it was average. What say you? I gave it three. I love this one. I mean, especially with the story, I thought it was great. The in-ring quality was fine. It was obviously wrapped around the story. It did really well. Um, it definitely wasn't one of the worst. 
like I said, we reviewed 1995 last year, so go check that out if you must. Uh, which Sting was involved in, by the way. And was, was Luger, and was Macho Man, and was Hogan, all on one team. Supposed to be Vader, fun fact. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, Luger was not supposed to be there, but uh, Luger got the piss beat out of him by Paul Orndorff and Crap Can, so there's that. Uh, the NWO continues to assault t- uh, Team WCW after the match. Luger gets free and crawls up the entryway, calling out for Sting, apologizing and all that. The NWO runs up and starts assaulting him again before being jumped by the WCW guys. Now the Macho Man now runs out and jumps on Hogan, taking him back to the ring as the War Games cage had been raised. Uh, Savage gets the advantage until Giant comes out and choke slams him. Miss Elizabeth now runs down attempting to stop Hogan from spray-painting on uh, the back of Savage. She even lays on him to protect him. Finally, Hogan spray-paints the back of Liz's dress with NWO, and he grabs a mic and says, These two pieces of crap made a sacred vow to be together till death do us part. And with some help from the New World Order and Hollywood Hogan, they're going to make that happen. I love so, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn, dude. Uh, but they Savage, have- no pun intended. Uh, I always liked the meme. It was like a little person dressed up like uh, Macho Man, and it said, yeah, it's just a little savage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, they eventually get Liz off of Randy, hold him down, and spray paint NWO on his back. Hogan then hocks a freaking loogie into the camera. That always grossed me the hell out. And the giant chokeslam savage again. After all of this is said and done, the commentators try to send us home, but the NWO kicks him off. The air kicks him out of their little area and uh, they hold up a sign that says this is NWO country. And then they pose and talk junk before we see Savage being helped to the back. And the show comes to an end. Uncle Dave wrapped up his review by saying great undercard wrestling, bad main events and booking with more holes and Swiss cheese. Welcome to WCW. Sure, Dave. I can't wait to see Dave's show. Yeah, I bet he could have booked this much better. Like, remind me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it the very next night that Sting comes out, does that promo with his back to the camera the whole time? I don't remember if it's the next night, but it's definitely close to this. Okay. And I remember he said something, he was like, well, it's going to be a while before you see the Stinger again, and he leaves, and he, and, uh, he said something about the, the guys in the back can, can shove it. And then he takes off, and he never once looks at the camera. He has his back to hard cam the whole time. I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, that wraps up the show. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get into the final ratings and what's to come next week on the podcast, right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. 
bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. Yeah, we're back. Time for the final ratings, y'all. Internet Movie Database gives this show, I couldn't believe this, they give it a 7.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it an 8.27 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10 for a B. What say you? I also gave it a B. There was a lot of great wrestling on here, but I just love this pay-per-view for some reason. It was good. It was definitely well worth a watch. The only match I would tell anybody to, and it, not like it went on forever, so it's not a big deal to skip it or watch it, whatever. Uh, the only match that I was like, eh, was that uh, effing submission match, man. I don't know why. I had ice train in it. Yeah. <laughs> that. But yeah, so, I don't know. This was this was a damn good show. I, I liked it. Um, there was a lot of news to cover. I thought it was overall one of the better war games ever, or maybe the best war games ever. Be, also, keep in mind, historically, this pay-per-view sucks. My opinion. Oh, fall, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, fall Brawl 95 wasn't great. Uh, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Uh I don't really remember off the top of my... Well, this is 96. It was 97. 97 was probably one of the worst ones. Funny. It's funny enough. Was that the one where Flair got his face slammed in the door? Yes. Okay. I want to say... I thought we reviewed that, but I'm not seeing it in the archives. So maybe I'm... I think it had... I think it oh, had we did. Na- at Nash 6, Conan and Buff, was it? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. That NWO, was... and that's the foursome you pick? <laughs> yep. Uh, we did review it, by the way, last year. Uh, Fall Brawl 1997, and the bonus show that same week was Fall Brawl 95. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so go back in the archives, check it out, uh, if you want to hear about two historically <laughs> shows. <laughs> we make it fun and entertaining. The show itself, meh. But anyway, something that I'm actually looking forward to watching again. I've seen it before, but I want to see it again. Next week, man, we are covering WWF In Your House Mind Games for the 25th anniversary. It took place the same exact month as this show that we just reviewed. So that's exciting. And then the week after that uh, is going to be our second and final Fall Brawl of the month. You're actually reviewing WCW Fall Brawl 1999. What comes to your mind about Fall Brawl 99? Anything? Yeah, no war games. <laughs> oh, there wasn't war games on that show? There was not. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, that, that, the most ridiculous, well, at the time, they would, they would outdo themselves. The most ridiculous, <laughs> not needed heel turn ever. I mean, they had Sting turn bad, but. Oh, yeah. that's where Sting, oh, man. Mm-hmm. 
And he started wearing, uh, and he started taping up his boots for some reason. That was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you remember that when he was, he only did that as a heel. He I don't remember that boots. specifically, but. Yeah. So, Paul Brawl 99. That just, uh, I mean, I don't remember anything can't, about this damn Can't show. even blame Russo for this one either, by the way. Was well, he gone at this time? No, he would debut the next month. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I hear you. Uh, I remember now. So this will be the second show we've ever reviewed, by the way, that also, had, had us. But was this, this one... last Fall Brawl? Was there one in 2000? Mm, I know there were four games 2000 on Nitro. That was the triple cage. I think Russo won that one. They did. Okay, they did have a Fall Brawl 2000. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one where Goldberg refused to follow the script. I thought that was New Blood Rising. Oh, well, that was that was in the promo package for Fall Oh, okay, so it's the promo. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I got it. Yep. But there's no so, War Games on 2000, right? Uh, Let me let me double check. I'm going to say no. Games on Nitro that year. No, they had Caged Heat. I don't know. That was it. Okay. That was uh, Booker T and Kevin Nash in the main event. But uh, this one in 99, uh, the card doesn't look horrible. Uh, there are some no, glaring. It is. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. I take that back. It doesn't look great. I mean, you got Berlin versus Chim Duggan on that show. Uh, Probably the shiny light. <laughs> this is the second show ever, by the way, that we are going to review Sid Vicious versus Chris Benoit for a title. So there's that. And Goldberg takes on DDP. I think this was the one. Wasn't DDP like patting himself on the back for making Goldberg look like? great that was halloween havoc 98 okay i don't remember this match is any good i mean it probably is the piece in it but yeah it only went nine minutes so and then sting versus hogan closes for the wcw title there you go but anyway that is our second and final fall brawl of the month mercifully uh but we've got more great stuff to come like i said next week is what the wc what wwf's uh, response was to this or uh, you know whatever it, it was their effort in the month of September in 2006 so we will check that out or 1996 excuse me we'll check that out next week uh, for all of you out there if you're listening on the podcast feed thank you please leave a five star review and subscribe and tell everybody you know about us you can leave seven if you're in uh, Tokyo Dome. damn straight you got that Dave Meltzer code to, you know tap in there uh, for all of you as well. You can check us out on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Lots of great content on there. And uh, we try to interact with you as much as possible on the YouTube comments, as long as you're not a jerk. And uh, Lashley! Right. And um, if you want to hear us live every Wednesday, we play live on the Unhinged Sports Network. It's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. It's 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And we got replays on Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays at the same time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm -hmm. And we will see you all next week for Mind Games. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 